I, in, in my view, Japan has to be a leader by showing we learn from disaster. Hello, konnichiwa. Welcome to Made with Japan. I am your host, Ken Shibusawa. On this podcast, we will invite a wide range of interesting guests to learn why, where, what, and how Japan can co create well being and prosperity with the world. I'm very, very, very happy to invite Kiyoshi Kurokawa to our podcast today. He is a medical doctor by training and uh, he eventually became a dean of many medical schools, but, but his uh, activities goes much beyond medicine and medical research. Um, he was the chairman of the Science Council of Japan. Uh, he was a special advisor to the prime minister. He was also the chairman of the investigation committee on the accident of the Fukushima nuclear power plant. So your uh, activities go way beyond uh, the usual activity of a medical doctor. And so I'm very, very happy and honored uh, to be with you today. You've always been an uh, inspiration for me for the last 30, gosh, I think we must have met 30 or 40 years ago. So, <laughs> so w- welcome to our my humble podcast. Thank you for inviting me to this great opportunity. Sure, sure. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, uh, we can go into so much uh, detail from different angles, um, but I always found you found your uh, story, life story, very interesting because mm-hmm. in your 30s, uh, which is right. back in the 1970s, you, you went to the United States um, and you became a medical school professor at UCLA. You're probably living a comfortable life in Southern California. You probably <laughs> had your swimming pool right. um, and all that, but then you came back to Japan. Right. So mm-hmm. what 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 inspired you to bring back well, what inspired the initiative to go to the United States? And then after about 10 years or so, you decided to come back mm. to live in Japan. Uh, usually, I think once you are you're, once you are out, then uh, you you'll be detached. That's mm-hmm. the that's the time of uh, Japan. That was the norm because mm-hmm. Japan is really growing economically mm-hmm. and one of the best seller was Japan's number one. And these, so Japan was very proud to be the rising star and then become number two in GDP, even around that time. So after I spent more three years as a postdoc, usually the maximum of norm of Japanese, any sort of postdoc or uh, this career. So you'll be out of Japanese system. Mm. Even you the banker and this and that. Once you're Mitsubishi, if you leave Mitsubishi, you're out. Right? Mm-hmm. So that kind of thing. So I uh, I was uh, out by myself. Mm-hmm. So I never thought I'd be invited back to Japan. I see. And then all of a sudden, my peer is early 30s of a medical doctor in the academic institution in the US. So all of a sudden, competition become harder for me. Mm-hmm. So I went through uh, just all the study, extra study while you, I'm working as a research sort of doc, but I'm a medical doctor. So I start uh, thinking about getting a license. So over subsequent two years, I got California's medical license. 
and then become a board certified in medicine in the US. And then nephrology subspecialty of uh, medicine, which is a subspecialty my my discipline. And this, this is a board, board certification on nephrology at that time, 1970, I think that started again in Japan, in the United States. So I all qualified for in the United States mm -hmm. uh, to be a medical doctor and academic institution. And so I had a UPenn, I started with UPenn, UCLA, two years, and then in the US, your competition is to reach out, become a sort of academic ladder and try to get sort of tenured position somewhere, mm -hmm. right? So I think uh, then I moved to University of Southern California because they offered me a sort of tenured position as an associate professor. And then I, I thought I had a reasonably stable foundation in the US. So bought a house, bought <laughs> my own uh, house, yeah, yeah. nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so I thought I had a, a like girl, that's second, uh, I have two children. Uh -huh. I had a really comfortable life reasonably. Mm -hmm. Then eventually became professor of medicine at UCLA. I moved to another medical center and become a really reasonable, stable job. And then even head of nephrology, kidney mm. section of VA medical center, which is a new rebuild at that time after earthquake. So I was very comfortable. Uh -huh. Then all of a sudden, one of my mentors came to me and we need you. Uh -huh. Absolutely, right? Yeah. So he persuaded it. You're, so you're, I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, your mentor from where? Uh, in University of Tokyo. Okay, so it was your mentor at University of Tokyo. Right. You, oh, that's all I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I took a one year leave to give a try anyway, because he's persuaded to stay until five in the morning in my home. <laughs> so I decided to do it. But I think that was a number two, you know, Jokyoju position mm -hmm. in associate professor because I think uh, he promoted me to be a head of um, one medical decision division in Japan, uh, University of Tokyo. But I was voted down. So <laughs> I see. So you were a full professor tenured at, in the United States, but you right. gave it all, all that to become an assistant professor at, back in University of Tokyo. Right. Which is crazy. <laughs> Which was crazy. Really? <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why did you make that crazy choice? Because he persuaded me. Okay. okay. Very strongly. Why? Why uh, do you think? Why do you think he persuaded you so persuasively? I don't know because I think at that time of 1980, world is changing, and university was a bit of a lagging behind of this thing, because mm. I think that's his perception. So mm. I think he he really sort of invited me to be a candidate for one of major departments of medicine at the University of Tokyo, which is mm. my alma mater. I see. But then that was delayed by six months or so because I would become one of the candidates. Mm. <laughs> at the end, you know, like I was uh, one of three candidates and voted down because mm. I think it was voting because there's a lot of activities there mm. to prevent me to come back because this is a quite odd for Japan. I see. Well, that's, that's it. So that then I think he had his own assistant professor job open. So he came to me <laughs> to see me, to right. persuade me to come back. So I tried it at least for one year, took a leave. So that's, that was the beginning. Mm. 
But then so, when I get into medical student in the University of Tokyo and the resident young medical doctor, they are very smart mm, and very passionate. All of a sudden, it suddenly, in my view, occurred to me, I went through this process somewhere. And I think, uh, so I decided to stay, which is a crazy thing in <laughs> that time. <laughs> Oh, oh. And your family was happy with your decision or? Well, not really, but I think <laughs> because that was a completely unforeseeable future. I see. But after six years, I was re-elected back as a chair of Bajasan in Department 1, Daichi Naika, which is my alma mater. So I was really lucky mm. to get this back. Mm. Okay. Well, then, so now you were trailing this, or you you were following this path as a medical doctor professor, uh, and what made you take another leap to outside of your field of expertise? Well, not really. There's a tenant. <laughs> you were forced out. You, yeah. Re retirement. Okay. And the University of Tokyo at that time was age sixty. Sixty. Okay. Right. And when you are 60 in University of Tokyo, medical pro, sort of medicine professor and chairman, usually you'll be invited to invited by somebody to become a hospital director of some public, you know, large public thing. And that really came a year earlier. Of mm. course, I mean, they want to have somebody to recruit this thing. Mm. And so, but I really didn't want to do that, mm. in my view, some instinct, because I really wanted to do something in education. I see. I was really determined, I think that's my hunch. So once I sort of officially sort of uh, excuse myself to take this job mm. from Kosei of course, Minister of Health, mm -hmm. I'm sure that may be a secret or confidential, but I'm sure all the people in the whole the government would know what he is thinking about. Mm -hmm. And then three months later, that is spring, I must have one year to go. All of a sudden, University Tokyo University secretly approached me to accept a dean of Tokyo University Medical School. I see. I see. And that was unthinkable in Japan. Oh, really? Back then it was, on, yeah. why, why is that? Right. Because that was founded with Keio University. So all, all the professors are Keio. Oh, so Tokai University, oh, I see. Tokai University, right. oh, people were, New right. were all, all were graduates of Keio University, which is a private yeah. university. Okay. Right. I see. And I see. Early, yeah, at that time, I also, US, uni, uh, in America, a lot of reform in medical medical education at that time. Well, Particularly, champion one of the champion was then the dean of Harvard uh, Medical Harvard University Medical School. I see. Big change in medical education system at that time. Uh, so I was very much interested in, uh, so that I tried to do it. And that was a great opportunity for me, at least in Tokai University, because Tokai University tried to do many sort of new things when I was at Tokyo University. So they are aware of this, uh, trying to change something. 
I see. Okay, so so Tokai University was looking for a change, and yeah. and they thought you were you were the person to lead that change. I guess so, and I felt they are trying to do something. Mm. I see. Well, that's very fortunate for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think such uh, usually such a thing never happened before. Mm. So you have to have a very strategic way to announce it. So I asked the Tokai University of uh, uh, Chancellor and board chair to ask to say they will be inviting me as a new dean as a big surprise to all the medical sort of faculties and hospital administration all the thing just just let me know when you say it and what time because i had to report to to university of tokyo i'm leaving earlier than my retirement time. Oh, right. Okay, because, got it. Right. Because otherwise, these rumors just spread out. Everybody becomes suspicious. <laughs> so, so that's the reason. So then they told me sometime in March, you know, this time, this day of this time, uh, there'll be announcement in medical school by the president and chancellor of Tokyo University. They'll uh -huh. be inviting me. Uh -huh. so, so then they told me this, this is the date. So two hours before that, I went to medical school dean and Jim Kyokcho, mm -hmm. administrator, I'd be resigning in three months. <laughs> what, what was the expression on their face? Yeah, right. They said, <laughs> what? <laughs> so once it's known, you know, I had to move not waiting for one year, but three months. Uh, so that but everybody wondering what's happened, you you have to go. So that was my type of strategy because surprise uh, be you know while they are paralyzed, you know you did. <laughs> <laughs> so you were able to make that transition from a public national university yeah. to, to a private university in that right. fashion, right? At that time, I was told by Jim Chokcho, you you're supposed to get this uh, Taishokin. Yeah, you're retired. The extra Taishokin, right? Oh, so you're you're ready to get from the University of Tokyo your retirement. Um, yeah, supposed but, to be this yeah. amount, which yeah. is very small because oh. I spent only ten years, right? I see, I see, I see. And, but they, I was told by Jim Kyokcho, uh -huh. because you are retiring before your retirement time by your own decision, about twenty-five percent reduction. That's a penalty. <laughs> I didn't know that, <laughs> which was not not big of me because I served only ten some years. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised. Yeah, because yeah. usually in private sector you give more. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Well, so yeah. that's my loss. I see. Well, well, well. Maybe maybe your gain because you went to other. So what was but, the difference yeah. from a public? Um, national university in a private university in medical in the field of medical right. school. No, I think that that I think that is a completely different thing. Is recent my question is why why in Japanese system at large, you know, like president or president of each institution, why they are in they are sort of elected by the voting of faculty. Why, when somebody's performance, because all the human activity, there's somebody top of the triangle, and I think there's a shacho and yomo, all the things. But when the top perf 
performance of two person is not adequate, are there any way to get rid of her, him or her? <laughs> that has been my question recently. Well, I mean, I and guess in Japan there's a fixed term, so they, they're forced to quit, right? But why is that? So that's my question, because <laughs> in the corporate, there's stock price and this and that, so they're metric and there's an outside board to govern this thing, right? Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. only very recent in Japan. Right. So that's okay. my question. And in the US, one of the most most sort of uh, admired, in my view, I value one of the top chancellor in this large, maybe two, three decades in the major university in the world. I admire most Richard Levine was the Yale, Yale Chancellor because he served 20 years and he is a great guy. I really admire him. And that, that means there must be some mechanism to value this person so you can extend your stay, another one. So there's nothing in that Japanese institution except corporate now because outside board. Mm -hmm. Right, and the founder may do that because the founder has a major stockholder anyway. Mm. So that is the governance of Japanese institution, any kind of Japan is a much in question in my view. Mm. So, so your question is the governance of the corporation is getting better because of the pressure from the well, from the markets, uh, from the shareholders, but for the governance of universities, uh, yeah, there there still needs reform, right? Basically, yeah, right. Right, because because professors are, are usually voted by other professors. Mm. Dean are elected by professors. Right. Of this school, right? So all Which insiders. Is, right. That is the reason you have to have a defined term, whether he does good or bad. It's irrelevant. You you often use the word takotsubo. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you could describe to our audience because they're not, you know, maybe that <laughs> might be outside of right. Japan. What what okay. is takotsubo? How about this question? No, somebody, you know, finish college or master's degree, whatever it is, go to Mitsubishi Bank, mm -hmm. right? Spend ten years, become a reasonably good mid-career banker. Can he move to Sumitomo Bank in Japan? What do you think? Mm, uh, these days, yes. <laughs> you say yes? These really? days. Th these days, yeah. These yeah. days. These right? days. But I think it's uh, more for but 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 for an engineer from Honda to go to Toyota might be more difficult. Right. Then how about let's say Panasonic person, some engineer, spent 10, 15 years in Panasonic? Uh, can he move to Panasonic? Uh, to the uh, to Sony. So, yeah. Right. Start to Panasonic. Mm. It's it's a ta almost bad taboo. You yeah. be alienated by sort of Japanese sort of community mm -hmm. at large. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is a very recently, only recently you may move somewhere. Right. For example, like uh, you know that happens, but that was a norm. Is there any such country in the world? Once you're in one bank, you cannot move to another one. Why is that? So that has been my sort of theme of study right now. And that's, and, and that is takotsubo is, is tako is octopus. Yeah, so right? you stay And tsubo, tsubo is a, like a, a pot, I guess. 
and, yeah. and, the, and the octopus goes inside that takotsubo, the, the, the pot, and doesn't move out from that pot, basically. Takotsubo. Right. You also do, do you deep in that source, mm -hmm. uh -huh. club or some institution, mm -hmm. and obeying with your superior. Right. You cannot beat them off mm -hmm. by discussing this or that. Uh -huh. Because seniority based, you know, seniority based single track elite, that I have been saying, single track elite going up the ladder. I see. So, therefore, so, yeah, therefore you have to be a yes man, tend to be. So, so for, for the Japanese so called elite, there's a tendency to be loyal to your superior. So that yeah. encases you inside the takotsubo. Yeah, and, and you you never see the world outside of that, tsubo, right. which is the pot. Yeah, right? right. Because you are outside of this. Well, uh, I've, uh, <laughs> I've always been outside of the takotsubo. So. <laughs> no, that is the reason you all of a sudden become a sort of one of the target or just you know, stars in business sector. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm, 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 I don't think I'm a target, and I don't think I'm a star. But <laughs> no, as a result, that's what uh, I'm saying. Because uh, you are outsider. So this this um, concept of takotsubo, I remember you referencing it when you were the chairman of the investment investment investigation committee for the accident of the Fukushima nuclear plant. Yeah, right. I think you used the word takotsubo a lot when you were the chairman of that committee. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 was the conclusion of your finding in in, in so many words? Oh, because I think uh, you know I I'm quite lame in this nuclear thing. But as we learned this thing during this investigation, it happened to be the first time in the constitutional democratic Japan, the parliament made a law, new law, and asked ten independent person, not a government person, not a big corporate person there too, but I think independent ten people and investigate. Fukushima events. So my my argument is this is the first time in Japan. That means this is the, to to investigate or at least study the government performance of government. And then I found out because this is a connected world. So I I made this entire session open to the public. Anybody mm -hmm. can see, and also online and with English simultaneous translation, because right. nuclear, is everybody's concerned about it, because more than 400 nuclear plants in the world at that time, and Japan about 50, so everybody's worried about what's happened in Japan, which is a, which is a country which has a reputation of excellence in engineering and manufacturing, and that kind of thing. Now, why this happened? So that's the reason I made it open to the public and online with English simultaneous translation. Because, uh, you know, otherwise I'm in the kind of risk because this is a part of establishment. They don't want to hear this kind of thing. So I had to protect my family too. Right. Yeah. So I, so I ask all the, all the, uh, so parliamentary people just, I need, as I follow this Fukushima accident, all the things in the Twitter and other thing, I need some protection. So you need some police in my home too. <laughs> really? Wow. But they didn't do it. But oh, they, did, they didn't do it. Oh, okay. Well, of mm. course they didn't do it. Mm, mm. But I think, uh, you know, just I, I thought all this, 
backstory was so scary and found out that this is really a regulatory capture at the end. I'm sorry, regular, uh, regulatory regular capture. Capture, okay. Right. Yeah, because then also we found out after 9-11, US government informed the Japanese government nuclear plant will be a good risk of the other target of terrorist attack. Mm. So you have to prepare for that. And twice, but they disregarded it. These mm. are the discoveries just that we have made. And so the, why, why would they disregard something that was so, in a sense, obvious? Then I don't want to say this thing, but after Fukushima now, with also terrorist attack, and Middle East, all the thing, and globalization, do you think Japanese nuclear plants is protected by at least that kind of force? Well, I mean, from from a from a terrorist oh, attack. Yeah, yeah, maybe self-defense force or somebody mm -hmm. in that kind mm -hmm. of category, because to to protect nuclear plant from a terrorist attack, they do anything, right? So I think that kind of thing should be. I don't think it is done in that magnitude and mm -hmm. that level, sure, which is sure. a very important element. Sure, in my view. Mm. And that was one of the message from that uh, report. So when you put out the message, was the reaction from inside Japan and outside Japan, was it the same or different? Well, outside, big surprise, get many inquiries. But Japanese sort of nuclear circle knew it anyway, mm. right? So that so that I was invited to speak because this was completely open to the public and the English translation at the same time and report was also English. So that I was invited to speak three times in the world, talk about this thing, you know, MIT, National Academy of Science and the French nuclear, Vattenfall in Sweden, which, which is manufacturing many uh, nuclear plants in, in Germany and uh, elsewhere in Europe. So everybody wants to know what, what I know, what I, I want to say. So three times world tour, that was nice, but I think uh, uh, amazing. Also, mm -hmm. I, Taiwan invited me too, because they mm -hmm. have a nuclear plant in operation close to Taipei. So that's the issue. I think mm -hmm. they are very concerned. Mm -hmm. I see. So, so it seems like the, the world outside of Japan was eager to learn from the, from the disaster, from the, uh, from the yes. experience. Um, right. and, and it's been 10 years. Yeah. Almost, almost exactly 10 years as we speak. Right. Um, you know, and um, what, what, <laughs> right. what have we learned here in Japan from that experience well, that, 10 years ago? That was a question, I think. In fact, I think Harvard University, Belfast Center, Harvard University, had a three-day session on this nuclear thing, security, uh, last three days. So, you know, many people participated, panelists, but I was invited to participate, and day one, I was one of the panelists. So these things started at after midnight. So three days, I was watching this session, and UCLA also, Terasaki sponsored another one, and so many things I have been invited over last maybe week or two, because 10 years in Fukushima. So I think there's a lot of activity throughout the world right now. What lessons we learned 
And what was the lesson? Yeah, but I think then I think the protection, at least controlling this nuclear plant is a key. Everybody said that. And they, I heard all of a sudden, regulatory capture is a key. Everybody said that. So many times these experts say regulatory capture, just avoiding regulatory capture. That is a key word of our report. I see. So regulatory capture means you're under the regulators, and so you're always looking right. to make sure that you're what you're doing right. answers to the regulators, but not so much to the maybe the public interest. Is that, you're is that right. Because, right. Because regulatory capture is a concept that nation, any nation, uh, has, uh, has to protect their people, mm -hmm. right? And nuclear thing too, uh, but I see nuclear, they have to implement proper up-to-dated regulations to protect people, right? Mm -hmm. And regulatory mm -hmm. capture means the government's failure in a way. That's an economic term because government failed to regulate, implement necessary regulations and rules and regulations in favor of just protecting people. And the failure is a regulatory capture. So that is a typical regulatory capture. And this concept is more economic hypothesis, but this is really advanced by George Stigler of University of Chicago professor. Mm. And so he got the Nobel Prize in economics in 1982, right? Mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. that's a typical. So over last week, many sessions, I had so many keywords, regulatory capture, regulatory capture. So basically, regulatory capture means regulators want to mitigate their risk as a regulator. So they tend to right. lean towards the status quo, the, the way it was before, no. not make change? Yeah, but I think that is, a, by definition, failure of the government to protect people, right? So not being able to answer to the changes of the environment or, or the time to to implement uh, all the rules and regulation in nuclear plants and nuclear operation, mm. and many people IAEA is one of the international sort of nuclear regulatory things, and I think Japanese uh, some civil servants always rotating through this process. You know, many people, uh, but they knew. Japan is not really implementing this rules and regulation advanced by IAEA because after few mistakes and errors, 9-11, and they really make a rules to protect the nuclear plants. Mm -hmm. And they knew Japanese are not implementing, not, for, not sort of following what IAEA is, you know, up-to-date regulation. Why was that? I don't know, because they sort of inertia. That is the failure of government. So inertia. And that, yeah, inertia. I'm not so sure, because I think every country who has and operates nuclear plants would be a member of this IAEA. Yes. So I think Japanese government, I think, knew it. They are not doing enough. Mm. So that's my argument. I see. Nuclear power for Japan for our for your children, your grandchildren, and grandchildren's children, uh -huh. do you think do you think nuclear power is necessary in Japan or 
Yeah, perhaps necessary, but I think uh, because this is clean, CO2-free, it's necessary. But after Fukushima, you really have to think to tighten the regulation. And even one disaster lasts so long so that maybe everybody now in the world talking about mini nuclear, like a size of maybe submarine or something like that, that may be a, a option in my view. But Japan really have to show their leadership, learning from this failure and disaster. Right. right. And that is, a, I, in, in my view, Japan has to be a leader by showing we learned from disaster because yeah. impact to the world was, was tsunami and that disaster to the world. That's more like a nuclear thing. It's still lasting. Still you cannot go there. How to clean that area? But all these news and newspaper written in Japanese, right? Mm -hmm. Not in English. Right. That is the key for mm. Japan, I guess. Intuitively, or, or intentionally, they may be doing it. Or either J Japanese readers don't read English, <laughs> so they don't. Right. They don't. So that's another issue. Hear or see what's going outside, outside of Japan about Japan, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Because even Chernobyl, I think I'm sure if that was the occasion, I mean, at least even in the Russian press, would talk about 10 years in nuclear disaster and all the mm, same. Mm -hmm. Japan is just only talk about tsunami and civil sort of public disaster all the same, right, right, not right. mentioning much about nuclear, which is a sort of focus from the world. Why yeah. Japan is not doing it? You know, come to think of it, I was in your office in yeah. 2011, <laughs> March 11th. Right. I remember yeah. that, yeah, and all the books came <laughs> off off the shelves. <laughs> That's right. right. Yeah, right. yeah, and I, I walked home from um, from your office. I remember that day. Um, right. But we, we didn't know it. Uh, but we didn't yeah. know at that time what was happening in Fukushima at all. Right. And uh, all of a sudden, just we couldn't see TV and just we are watching what's happening on the on the internet. Well, that's 10 years ago. Time, time flies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that was a Friday afternoon or something, right? Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. <laughs> Um, so you, you were the special advisor to the prime minister under the, the which administration was it? Uh, uh, prime Minister Abe and Fukuda. So the first, the first, uh, the yeah, first Abe first, right. um, and, um, and administration Fukuda. Right. And, and so that was uh, almost 20 years, a little bit less than 20 years ago, I guess. Yeah. And also we hosted Toyoko Summit. Huh? So, well, so what, what, what was the, uh, um, topic of discussion back in those days? No, at that time, I think uh, global warming is obviously uh, one of the major issues. So that's already and started back yeah, then. Okay. In, in fact, Tony Blair, when he hosted the G8, mm -hmm. I think I, I was uh, at that time, uh, Science Council of Japan, the president, so that mm -hmm. I worked with uh, chief science advisor of mm -hmm. uh, Tony Blair. I see. And at that time, I think we started communicating is Tony Blair's agenda was African debt relief and climate change, global warming. I see. And then we started working with them. And first time in the history of GA, that became a part of routine at, mm. until maybe last year. G8 science academies made a statement to the head of states. Mm -hmm. 
of this agenda. So I think that was the first time we, now we started at that time. Science community made a statement to the G8 heads of states at that time. I see. And Toyako, I think, Sukuda-san, I think we really recommend creating a smart grid, connecting different sort of electric process of Kanto area, Tohoku area, all divided. So we had to create a grid to connect each other so that I didn't know the monopoly at that time. So that even I push the thing, when there's a lot of strong sort of wave, maybe northern part of uh, of uh, maybe Iwatekin area, may have a strong- Up north, yeah. Yeah, then just use all the locally more available renewables. Mm -hmm. Once you have this grid formation, you can do that. You encourage them to utilize locally available renewables. So, so the Japan and the uh, Japanese government was talking about yeah. sustainable, uh, uh, sustainable yeah. energy sources in, in the grid yeah. right. 15, 15 years ago. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, <then>, it, <laughs> but just ignored, of course. Then I, after Fukushima, just I recommend why they ignore that. <laughs> there's a lot of stakes for them. They know they have to do it, but I think there's so many things. So there were people that felt that their their business or their standing uh, would be in jeopardy if sustainable energy. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, that because that is the reason. Some some uh, house uh, some some. Uh, political people, some, some individual, they told me, I didn't know Japanese electric system is also monopolized by regionally and disconnected each other. And I many see. sort of parliamentarian did not know that. And some so, knew it, but they enjoy this fruits of this uh, high see. cost. So the world was getting more connected, <clears throat> but but the the grid here in Japan was dis disconnected. Yeah, and well, so, yeah, so it will monopolize, and in times of uh, an emergent national emergency, yeah. uh, that becomes a handicap, obviously. Right, right. and also the rule monopoly always rots sometime. Right, that's a right. rule. Right. If there's no exception, let me know. Right, <laughs> right, right. So um. Just wanted to, in, in the, as we closing down, close down this podcast session. Um, you mentioned that your one of your um, passions is about education, and so yeah. you, you always seems that you always have you always have a a punchy message for the for the younger generation. So, <laughs> what 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 do you think about the younger generation of Japan and, and the world for that matter? No, no, I think particularly in Japan, I think I think it's a global world. And you, it's easier to recognize your strengths as a, as a Japanese, the strengths of Japan, you know, as, as a nation. But I think it's, it's quite often very difficult to recognize the weakness of your own country relative to the world. And I think that is the reason when you become more or adult, that means the college time, you know, 18 to 22, and that's the reason my keyword was uh, take a leave, leave and go out, and then go abroad, because when you're a college student, you are more independent as an adult, right? But no job yet, so take a leave mm -hmm. and one year, and then go 
anywhere in outside of Japan, maybe NGO, volunteer, just traveling, or maybe some uh, MOU with some study abroad, you know, in some college somewhere, or just hanging around, that's fine, NGO, fine, maybe suicide program, that'd be fine, go to Africa and go to India, just wandering around, and then you, you recognize the sort of severity of called poor or poverty. You could see the completely different sort of perception of poverty. And if you go there and with a connected world, you can see what's happening in Japan. And why Japan do this and do that? And all of a sudden, you recognize the weakness of Japan. And, and also recognize what kind of thing Japan can do to the world and become more patriotic, very healthy patriotic sense of feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, uh, that's the key word. I think I, I told uh, in the uh, commencement speech, just in Japan, in the commencement, Japan is a welcoming speech, mm -hmm. not a new, right, right. new, new college, right? right? Yep. And then I was invited that year to KO, Shonan campus. Mm -hmm. So my message at that time, I was, uh, this was created by great person, Fukuzai Yukichi, Gakumon no Sume. But now, in addition to Gakumon no Sume, you had to go abroad for one year, Kyugaku no Sume, go somewhere. I see. So Gakumon, now, no, Gakumon no Sume, Gakumon is uh, education, I guess, to learn, study, to, right? learn to study. Yeah. Um, and you said, to take time off and go abroad. Take, is take that... a leave while you're college and right. spend one year somewhere. And if you eat this uh, college, somehow with MOU with your university, maybe you may get credit, but it's irrelevant. Just go abroad, NGO, just traveling, work experience, anything works. But since you are independent, but begin to see Japan from abroad as an independent person, you recognize weakness of Japan. Why nobody knows, why there's not that message coming out from Japan? And that kind of thing is very important. Now, what happened in KO? More than 20% of students go out of somewhere. Oh, really? Come back. <laughs> after and after your speech? After your speech? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then faculty are so happy because completely different people. And they are so happy. And I sent a message again, also two years later, in University of Tokyo, welcome speech. I was invited. I thought this is a great honor after 9-11 thing, but I sent a message, no. message but... 9-11 or 3-11? 3-11. Yeah, 3-11, yeah. right. But I think, again, I think that's not many. But in recently, I think there may be few, very few uh, University of Tokyo undergraduate people start going abroad. <laughs> very few. Very but few. But I think there's a few, few uh, essays by them, Kerarezu Todai. Kerarezu Todai. I didn't want to come to the University of Tokyo, but I just took an exam. I enrolled because their parents pushed them. Mm -hmm. But they're just studying abroad. So that's from four, then went to Harvard and Stanford. There's a few appearing. That's good. So they just take an exam and enroll the University of Tokyo in spring and because their parents just just for to satisfy parents, but then go abroad from mm. fall semester abroad. That is good, but yeah. very small number. 
seems like the young people um yeah myself included everybody you know life in japan is very comfortable so it, it's it's, it's <laughs> sometimes difficult to go take, take take that leap but but like you say but uh, yeah. it's very very but important. this is a deal it's just you wandering around would be fine too yeah or just uh, poking into some classroom <laughs> some, some okay so um i really enjoyed the conversation um one last parting word one last comment if you want to say something send a message to, to, to the world through this modest podcast, uh, <laughs> what would it be? Uh, just perhaps, I think there's many eager youngsters in Japan. If you're related to college or somewhere, invite them. Come to work with us or just study with us. I'm sure they would love to go there, but they simply do not know what kind of thing happening in the world. Mm. And that is a foundation of very healthy patriotic feeling to your country. Right. That's the foundation. That's right. That's right. Don't hide anything because in a hyper-connected world, if you hide something, that we will be there anyway. Mm. Governance is a thing. So youngsters, go abroad. Take a leap for one year. Great. Thank you. That's, that's, that's an excellent message. And you look great. Um, and you turned... Eight, eight, when was your birthday? You're 84. You're 84 now. You look great. Very old man. <laughs> Ener energetic <laughs> man with Thank lots you. of lots of leaping power, obviously. Okay. <laughs> right. Future lies in the youth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Thank so you. thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for joining Made with Japan. If you enjoyed this podcast, may I ask two favors from you? One, please tell your friends. Two, please subscribe to Made with Japan wherever you find your podcast. Thank you so much. ありがとうございました. Till the next time, have a good day or good evening, wherever you are.